there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Today's episode is the first episode of the Thin Line series. And the goal of the Thin Line series is very simple. To draw visible boundary lines between the extremities of our day-to-day life. And this particular topic is very important for various reasons. And the first is so many people do not know where to draw the line between condemnation and conviction. And don't worry, you're not alone. We have all been on this boat we have all traveled this path we have all walked down this same road and so today's episode will be liberating it will be eye-opening and jesus will wrought deliverance by it hi my name is omar and you are now listening to the rest podcast the goal of this podcast is to bring you to a place of rest away from every single thing the enemy dares to state against our peace if this is your first time listening i just want to say you're welcome and yes 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 i'm sending you the warmest virtual hugs on the internet space everybody agrees that omar gives the warmest virtual hugs so yeah i'm sending you all of that with extra sprinkles of love and light without further ado let us dive into this episode so what is condemnation and what is conviction before i even define it i'm sure that condemnation is something that we have all too often experienced felt and been under the weight of a paraphrased definition of condemnation according to miriam webster dictionary is to declare something to be wrong or evil especially after weighing evidence while for conviction there are two definitions the first is the act of process of finding a person guilty especially after going through court processes and finding enough evidence against that person and the second definition is that conviction is the process of helping someone see that they are wrong in a certain place or compelling them to see how they are wrong about something so that's how you convict a person that oh this thing you did is wrong or this thing you did is terrible now a lot of times many Many people, like I said earlier, are not able to tell the difference between condemnation and conviction, especially as Christians, especially as people who are blood-bought, especially as people who Christ paid the prize for. Now, I'm going to tell you of my own personal experiences with condemnation because condemnation is something I've seriously struggled with to the extent that I actually believe that a spirit of condemnation may have actually been helping me run the condemnation process because it was utter traumatic every single time i did something wrong my first response was to sink into guilt and condemnation over conviction and a lot of times eh, i just actually think that oh this is the holy spirit the things i did are wrong he's beating me down for doing the wrong thing how can i say this thing how dare i say something like this am i stupid am i foolish can i not think well can i not think straight and usually condemnation is a product of a religious spirit that holds you up to a very high standard that god will not give you but before we get there on today's episode I'm just going to be telling you what is the difference between condemnation and conviction. An example I'd like to read from scripture is the story of Peter and the story of Judas. These are like perfect examples of what happens with condemnation and what happens with conviction. The scripture I read earlier says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So you can see that the basis for a life of no condemnation is conditional because it is hinged on how much you walk after the spirit. I've come to find out that a lot 
lot of times the reason the enemy can condemn us in the first place is because he has a reason for instance i was telling my friend earlier before i recorded this episode if the enemy comes in my mind and he's like oh you are such a terrible person you killed five people i'm just going to be like what's <laughs> what's wrong with you do you do you need laying on of hands because scripture said that we'll cast out devils maybe we need to cast out devils out of the devil himself you get so if he comes to me with that you know that you will not hold water it's not even something i'm going to worry about or, or be concerned like did i truly kill five people i did i've not i've not killed five people i've not killed one person i've not killed anybody at all my whole life so it, he cannot bring that up as an accusation because that sin is not something i committed so you would see that the reason for condemnation a lot of times is sin is that there is actually the presence of sin in your life so that when that scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit you see that that scripture is written in the light of the fact that a believer should walk after the spirit at all times because if you walk after the spirit you will not gratify the desires of the flesh and if you don't gratify the desires of the flesh which is giving into sin the enemy will not have a hold on you he will not have a reason he will not have a place to hold on to when he comes to accuse you because one of the things that makes condemnation very agreeable is that the enemy does not accuse you of something that you did not do he actually accuses you of something that you do so that you will accept it and so that you feel like this justifies the reason for condemnation so yes again that scripture is worthy of repetition there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit that means there are people who are in christ jesus who do not walk after the spirit of life but walk after the flesh alienation now you see the goal of condemnation is not restoration it is alienation condemnation seeks to put you to death to alienate you from the life of christ to severe your ties with god and if the enemy is able to achieve that in your life one of the things that comes to you is death because of course death is separation for god anybody who does not know the lord is dead the bible says that while we were yet dead in sin christ gave his life for us so it is basic knowledge for the christian that anybody who is living a life of sin is actually spiritually dead they may be walking physically but in the spirit they are dead so back to our conversation the major difference between condemnation and conviction is that conviction brings you to god while condemnation separates you from god so whenever you do something wrong one of the ways to actually measure your spiritual maturity as you grow is how you respond to being convicted about sin is your response to finding out that what you did is terrible running away from god or running to god it will help you to know the depths of your knowledge about god and how you perceive the fatherhood of God and the faithfulness of God to forgive sin. Yes, I said the faithfulness of God because one of the things we don't understand, we don't see about condemnation is that condemnation actually works through unbelief. It tells you. Mm, your case is too bad. You're too far gone. You cannot be redeemed. There's someone listening to me right now. What the enemy keeps whispering in your ear is, 
nobody knows how bad what you've done is that's why they're telling you that god can forgive you well i'm telling you that if you've been believing those voices for so long what you have been doing is to cast a vote of no confidence in the blood of jesus to cast a vote of no confidence in the sacrifice that jesus made on that cross is to say well i think that the blood of jesus can wash away every sin except mine and do you see how ridiculous that sounds yes that is because it is a lie of the enemy and the way he works it he will make you believe it but i want to tell you that there is no sin that when confessed will not be forgiven the bible says that if we confess our sins he is faithful that word faithful is something to put the highlighter on it doesn't matter how god let me use the word feels about the sin let me use it in context i'm trying to say for instance that no matter how much my friends hurt me because i understand the immediate effect of unforgiveness when i forgive them i may not be saying oh this thing did not pay me but i'm saying i'm not going to hold it against you so that when i bring it into the context of god we're not saying that the things that we do don't grieve the lord we're saying that it's faithful that means god is too just to go back on his proclamations that if you confess your sin he will forgive so one thing that you can be sure of is any sin that you've confessed and turned away from god has forgiven and it's god's forgiveness that is something that we can now latch on to to turn away from that sin and say you know what i don't have to live by you anymore i don't have to answer to the enemy anymore i am not a slave to sin i have been set free because i have secured forgiveness from god and you know another thing that comes to the mind of the person who is condemned i'm saying this because that's what used to be in my mind I should think, oh more. this thing I did is like really terrible. I'm actually someone who holds myself to a very high standard. I am so grateful to God because he has helped me start to hold myself according to his standard and not to a high standard. This is a very important point. You may not even realize that the standards that you're holding yourself accountable to was not given to you by God. It is being sponsored by a religious spirit yes you could be holding yourself up to a high christian i quote that word christian high christian standard and you won't realize that you are actually under bondage to live up to a certain perfectionism and before you know you start to slip into the pit of self-righteousness and like i heard recently that word is an is it a paradox now be an oxymoron of some sort because self and righteousness cannot stand it should not be able to stand in one sentence because of course righteousness is not something we can attain by ourselves righteousness is something that was imputed to us because of what jesus had done so i'm saying this to say that there are standards that you may be holding yourself up to that are not the standards of christ let me give you an example when i turned 19 i remember i was suffering birthday depression and i was with a particular friend of mine and when i went to get shawarma with him for my birthday i started to rant about the many great things i thought i have not achieved the things i need to do for jesus the things i've not done and how much of a failure i feel like at that point in my life i was heavily under the spirit of condemnation i was constantly being condemned like i would never see anything good that i'm doing it doesn't matter how much i put in my effort at the end of the day when the results come out i always think it should have been better i didn't do good enough so i beat myself up that was a spirit of condemnation and there are many of you listening to me right now that don't even realize that what you think is high standard is just a religious spirit so when i sat out with my friends to have that conversation one of the questions he asked me that threw me off balance was by whose standard are you measuring all of this? What did God say about this? And that reminds me of what God asked Adam in the Garden of Eden. He says, who told you that you are naked? Who told you you're not doing enough? Who is sponsoring that voice in your head that the things that you've done are too bad for Christ to forgive? 
who told you. You have to identify who is speaking to you and who you are believing. You have to identify who is feeding you the knowledge sources. That high standard that you have, is it God that gave you or did you take it from the society? Did you take it from the hands of the enemy himself? And you know what a religious spirit does? It sets you up to a standard you will never reach so that you never enter into the joy of the Lord. The Bible says that it is with joy that we draw out of the wells of salvation so that you're never able to draw out of the wells of salvation because you are constantly in a place of bitterness and you are constantly in a place of condemnation. You are constantly in that space where you think, ah, this night did is wrong and it cannot be forgiven. In fact, some of us even feel like it should not be forgiven. Let me tell you my story. When God said to deal with condemnation in my heart, there was one time I did something really terrible. I can't remember what it was, but I felt like, Omar, you're bigger than this. If anybody's, it should not be you. And then I was beginning to beat myself up. So I I was learning conviction over condemnation. The Holy Spirit convicted me of that. What I did was actually wrong. So I went to him in prayers and then he was like, all right, I've forgiven you. And then he went ahead to start to speak on the next phase of that thing. And in my mind, I kid you not, what I told the Holy Spirit was, are you not going to give me time to feel bad about what I did? This leads me to a very important point about the similarity between conviction and condemnation. I'll come back to that story both conviction and condemnation actually give you sorrow but conviction brings about godly sorrow that leads to repentance so anytime you notice that this bad feeling you are having about what you are doing is not leading you to christ but leading you away from christ the enemy has put his hand in it and it is now tending towards condemnation condemnation says Oh, this barrier that you took, it was wrong that you took the barrier. You are a bad person. Condemnation attacks both your person and the act that you did. Where conviction will say, it was wrong for you to pick that barrier. Don't do it next time. Condemnation would say, you are a bad person. That's why you picked that barrier. You are terrible and nothing good can come out of your life. And then condemnation starts to spread it because it is sponsored by the devil who can do nothing but lie. But you see, conviction is a power of the Holy Ghost. Conviction is a function of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16 verse 8 says, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is the one who runs this conviction program what i can tell from my own experience is that the holy spirit doesn't say to me omar what you did was bad you're a terrible person i don't think i can work with you anymore in fact i think you should born in hell no it actually goes omar you shouldn't have picked that barrel so that i can say lord i'm sorry that's repentance and then he's like all right don't worry next time this is what you should do conviction will always give you a way out of that falling of that failing of that stumbling that happens on your christian journey condemnation closes the door and tells you "Mm -mm, there is no way condemnation comes with a heavy hand of hopelessness it tells you there is no way out conviction brings hope it brings light there will be that sorrow don't get me wrong when you do something wrong you should feel bad in fact it is one of the signs that you are spiritually alive that when you sin you realize that what you did was wrong you feel remorse for it and but you don't stop at remorse you repent. Condemnation feels more like this pit. It drives you into a pit. Conviction helps you to come out of the pit to live a victorious life. Condemnation tells you that God cannot handle anymore. That God is fed up with you. I actually used to feel like that one time because you know how that there are those things that you do and you continuously do them. You're like, I will not do it today and you will do it. The next day you will do it and then you feel like, you know what, God, I know you must be tired of me at this point. Well, like I told someone recently, I said, you think that the God has sent his son to die 
like we would never understand what it means for creator to become creation so that he can redeem creation back to the state that creation was formed. We would never understand because if you say, if I want to run the comparison from you and tell you, okay, it's like a human being becoming a cockroach. It's not even close because both a human being and a cockroach are creations. Yet, when I said it, you could almost not imagine, how does it feel like to be a cockroach? I beg, oh, human beings not be matching on me. Yes. But what Jesus did when he came to give his life for us wasn't creation to creation. It was creator to creation. We, we would never understand. There's a hymn that says, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. You we will never know the depth of what happened when Jesus came to die for us. And to think that God would let his son go through all of that to secure salvation for us. And yet, when we sin and confess, he will not forgive us. It's to believe in a lie. And I do not know the lie that the enemy has told you, but I'm here to tell you tonight that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I'm here to tell you that though the righteous fall seven times, he will get up. I'm here to tell you that there is one who is able to save to the uttermost. I'm here to tell you that if you confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive so many of you are under the bond of condemnation because of how you were raised you probably had parents that were very critical who were always talking down on you everything you do their criticisms you are sharp and painful and so you are an adult you're growing you're a teenager but you are still living in the voices of your parents you're still living in the voices of that critical teacher in class you're still living under the shadows of the wings of that your critical sibling or that's your bitter friend that told you that you cannot do anything good enough so that even when you do something well you are still being condemned by those voices grow up i say grow up with empathy and i say grow up with a sense of urgency because you see god's plan for your life is not that you'll be robbed of the joy of your salvation there is such a thing as the joy of salvation and so when the enemy cannot see your salvation he will make sure to steal that joy that assurance of your salvation as I speak to you right now, God will begin to heal your heart. I want you to know that every other voice, every other word, every other thing you've ever heard that was not God is a lie. I know it may be hard for you to believe what you're doing well. I know it may be hard for you to believe, but the fact that you made a mistake doesn't mean you're a stupid person. It doesn't mean you're a fool. Nobody said you're a fool. Jesus doesn't call you a fool. You are full of the wisdom of the Lord. Yes. And if someone listens to me right now that that sin that you committed, you you fell into it by peer pressure. Now, I'm not going to tell you my own personal opinions of what peer pressure is and how much we contribute to peer pressure because this is not the episode for that. But this particular person I'm speaking of, the voice in your head has been telling you that it's because you don't have a spine you're weak you're stupid you're slow anything anybody tells you is what you're going to do that's why you always fall to this sin that is the voice of the enemy who wants to keep you bound you are bold as a lion that is your true identity any other thing is a lie that's how you deal with it it's a lie i had to come to terms with the fact that my mistakes are not me because i used to really be very critical of myself so if i do something right now before i could ever come out of it it would take the Lord's grace and a lot of assurance from friends. But the Holy Spirit has to teach me to grow out of that. And so when I do something wrong and I ask forgiveness and I secure forgiveness on that person's path, if it involves a person, I move on to the next. 
I was telling a story earlier of how that the Holy Spirit forgive me or something. I was like, are you not going to let me feel bad? I thought they were going to give me some time to feel bad, to cry about it. Why are you telling me about the next thing? And he told me, there is no time. It's on to the next. That's how it's supposed to be. Have you ever fallen down in public before and then you stood up almost immediately that nobody even knew that something happened? That is how it's supposed to be for the believer. If you fall, not when you fall, as though we're expecting you to always fall, but if you fall and anytime you fall, you get up and continue moving that is how we live in victory we live in victory victoriously above condemnation neither does jesus condemn you there's an episode on the podcast on guilt and condemnation and i advise that you listen to it if you struggle with guilt and condemnation and i trust the lord to what a deliverance for you so don't let condemnation rob you of the joy of the Lord. Don't let condemnation be what you live by. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So anything that looks like the opposite of that is not the kingdom of God. It is the enemy of your soul trying to insist, trying to bully you into a system of government that you have been freed from. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. I don't know who you are listening to me right now who is under a heavy hand of condemnation, but I bring you the word of the Lord like he said to the woman who was caught in adultery, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. It doesn't matter how grievous that sin is. It doesn't matter how red that sin is. There is a blood that purges, that purges, that purges, that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. There is a blood that cleanses deeper than and he things and makes us as white as snow. There is a mercy seat that imputes righteousness unto you. There is a God who separates your sins as far as the heavens are from the earth. And like the psalmist says, blessed is the man to whom God will not impute his sins upon. And you are that man. I speak God's light into your life and I say you are not condemned. I do not know what kind of bondage you've been living by. But every single time that you sin and you run back to the Father, I want to let you know that God has forgiven you. God is not holding anything against you. So that even when bad circumstances happen in your life, you think, oh, it's because of what I've done. God is a good father. The Bible says, which father when his son asks for fish gives him snake? Which father when his child asks him for bread gives him stone? He says, even in your wickedness, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more? God, who is good. If you ask the Lord for forgiveness, what he will impute to you is not condemnation. I just want to make this distinction. There are so many of us that the Holy Spirit actually convicts you of sin, but you let the enemy put his hands into the process. You give place to the enemy by believing that, oh, this thing I've been convicted of shows that I'm a terrible person. No, that is not what it shows. It just shows that you have stumbled. So what to do is not to run away from God, but to run to God. Like the prodigal son. There is a prodigal son listening to me right now who needs to come back to his senses like as was recorded in scripture with the prodigal son he said i will arise and i will go back to my father and i will fall at his feet i will tell him to make me as one of his servants but like we saw in that scripture the father was waiting the father had been waiting for his son to come back home like god has been waiting for you to come back 
back home. Neither do I condemn you. It's the voice of God's spirit to you this evening. Neither do I condemn you. So come back. There is a father in heaven, your father, waiting to put upon you the robe of royalty. You do not belong to the slums. You do not belong to that depths of darkness. You do not belong to that bondage of pornography of addiction. You do not belong to that condemning voice that doesn't let you breathe. It is not your Lord and that is not your Lord. So tonight, the call is to come back home. Realize that there is therefore now no condemnation. Hey, there is therefore now, 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 not tomorrow. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And I tell you that if you receive the forgiveness of God, if you receive what he gives to you, what happens is that you receive strength also. You receive grace also to live above sin. The Bible says that the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching you to say no to sin, to ungodliness. So tonight, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. And I break, I break, I break, I break. I break the bonds of condemnation over your life. I speak over your mind, over your soul, over your spirit. I silence the voice of the accuser and I speak Satan you have no place in the life of this one this one is blood bought this one has been paid for in blood and you know this and so I speak in the name of Jesus that your freedom has come you are freed from every spirit of condemnation and I open you up to the light of God's love and to the warmth of his embrace come home and find love in the father's arms in the name of Jesus I hear the spirit of the Lord say this morning neither do i condemn you for someone listening to me right now this is all you need for this season you are not condemned you are not condemned oh the lord loves you i see that god pours out his love upon you it will run from your head down to your body it will feel like cold shivers down your spine and that will be god's sign to you that he has poured out mercy and grace over you a long time ago come boldly onto the throne of grace so that you can find mercy and help in a time of need. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. I thank you because you have meted out grace. I thank you because you have meted out freedom. I thank you because this one will no longer live under the bond of condemnation. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. I want to let you know, to not give place to the enemy by sin. Yield, surrender your members unto God for righteousness. Don't, don't obey the lust of your flesh. Lean on the Holy Spirit and let him lead you along the path of life. That is how you will stay victorious continuously over the voice of condemnation. Because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ah! in Christ Jesus. Believe it, speak it, and live like it, and you would see God's freedom over your life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You'd agree with me that this is an episode to share with as many people as you can, because I tell you, so many people, so many Christians, you won't even believe the amount of people living under the bondage of condemnation and thinking that it is the conviction of the Holy Ghost. So share this episode with as many people as you can. Thank you so much for always engaging our Spotify prompt. It's how you tell Spotify that what we are doing is worth listening to. Thank you so much for your love and support. And I just want to say that I love you and I am rooting and praying for you. Have yourselves a lovely rest of the day. And do not forget, you are not condemned. Bye.